welcome. I'm here with Brock Rotter. Brock is here with us today because for many reasons, besides being just a really cool and great teacher, he happens to be Mountain Brook High School's Teacher of the Year this year and was also selected as Mountain Brook School System's Secondary Teacher of the Year. So Brock, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, let's just start off. Let's just talk about who you are and um, tell us what you'd like to know, uh, what you think we would like to know about you. Well, I'm a dad. I'm a teacher. And I think those are the two most important things right now in my life, uh, aside from some of my hobbies. Photography, as you saw, I just took a picture of you with my phone, but, um, <laughs> and uh, some outdoor adventures. Um, I was born in Israel. And so at the age of four, I came here with my parents. And that's, that's my real short story, mm-hmm. I guess, as to who I am. So you, you move here at four to the United States. Right. I guess you go to elementary school and mm-hmm. maybe a junior high or middle school, high school. Where did you end up going to college? Auburn. Okay. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Auburn, uh, got secondary education degree in English and history. Uh, They were doing double majors at the time, and I don't don't know if they still do that or not. Uh Uh, Actually, I didn't start as, or in the education uh, field. I was a computer engineer. Oh, really? I went into computer engineering because I love computers. I've been working with computers ever since I was little. Yeah. Um, And I think it was... I wasn't too far into the program when I started reading about the co-op program, what I'd be doing in the internship as an engineer. And I thought, I don't know if I really want to do that all my life. I love tinkering with computers. Actually, I've just built a computer in the past few years for our house. But I thought at the time I want to do something to give something back. Mm. And... I fell into education. Really? Mm-hmm. I went from math and science. That was my strength, mm-hmm. coming out of high school and going into Auburn, math and science. And I guess I thought two things. I thought I want to give something back, and I want to be a little more well-rounded. So English and history. Yeah, that's a great path. Yeah. So was that in your freshman year of college, or was that more your junior year? Where where I was I think that? it was somewhere between freshman and sophomore year. It was it was early. Yeah. When I figured it out, luckily. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I would have wasted a lot of time and money. But I remember calling home, and you know it's it's good to have feedback, mm-hmm. especially from parents. And I had two parents who gave me two completely different uh, forms of feedback. So tell me about that. <clears throat> I called I called my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who I called first. I have to think about that. She said, Brock, you're, you're not going to make any money <laughs> going into education. <laughs> well, she told the truth. I, I said, that's, that's right. But it's just, I just feel like that's the right thing to do. She said, okay hang up, call dad. And, you know, I was expecting the same thing because my family's, they got a strong business background. He said, Brock, do whatever makes you happy. Really? I said, okay. (laughs) Thank you. That was a short conversation. (laughs) That was a short conversation. 
Yeah. He's always been like that too. Really? Um, I've had two different, and it's kind of ironic if you knew my parents, um, getting that kind of advice from my dad versus mm-hmm. my mom. But it was, these, these are two great things to think about. Yeah. You know, money and happiness. Right. And how they sometimes conflict. Huh. That's how I got an education. So you got your, I guess, a, a double certificate? Mm-hmm. In English and history. And so t- what did you do right out of Auburn? I went, I came back to Hoover and uh, let's say I waited tables for a while while substituting in, mostly in Hoover. Mm -hmm. And um, I did, I think I got a permanent sub job at the, it used to be the alternative school and I fell in love with it. It was, it's kind of odd, but I just really loved working in small environments, Mm -hmm. helping kids who really needed the extra help, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so let's stop there for a second because your story is similar to mine in that I didn't start into education. And I I still can remember that first time I went into the classroom and I started helping students. And I literally walked out of the classroom and shut the door and said, I can't believe they pay me to do this. (laughs) I was so excited about that. So was there a moment for you where you finally got your hands dirty and you went, oh my goodness, this is everything and more, or or whatever the response was. I think I remember that moment. It was sitting at a table like this with um, with a student. Uh, I don't remember what grade he was in. He was a high school student and helping him out with math. It wasn't our, our meeting was not just about math. It wasn't just about content. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what has been the theme all along for me. If I really start digging, it's not just about the content. I think we started this meeting, you know, he needed help. And um, we just chatted and kind of hung out Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes because he didn't know who I was and I didn't know who he was. And then we got into the math and we clicked and he got it, and he wanted me to come back the next day. Huh. And I think that's when I realized, kind of like when you walked out the door, I think that's what happened to me. Yeah. And luckily, that next year, they hired me because they created Crossroads School right. from the alternative school. So it was that first year, um, and I was part of that program, and I loved it. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go down the road just a little bit sure. and just ask you kind of a overall reaching overreaching question and that is you know you when you get into education you kind of have these ideals this is what's going to happen and then you get into it about five years and they might match and they might not so tell me what was the biggest surprise or kind of aha about teaching for you um, in those early years based on what you thought teaching was going to be and what it actually became for you I remember saying one of my professors at Auburn asked me he was at my social one of my social studies methods professor he said why do you why do you want he was asking the class why do you want to be a teacher my response was immediate I want to save the world (laughs) I'm still trying yeah (laughs) so I think the biggest shock I'm trying to remember your question now the the biggest thing that I realized was it's one kid at a time. I kind of have these big ideas and I can get ungrounded easily. I think 
these years have taught me to, hey, one day at a time, one kid at a time, one class at a time. No. Um, did I answer your question? It doesn't really matter because it was a great answer, whatever just, the question was. I just think I, college didn't prepare me for the reality of the day-in, day-out life of a teacher. It's kind of good, though, that in college you have this vision. You you have these visions that, of these grand goals that you want to do in the classroom. But once you spend time in the classroom with these students, you know, you realize, okay, this is reality, so you have to kind mm-hmm. of change your your methods. Right. It's funny, approach. isn't it um, interesting that, you know, usually, especially in secondary, people get into secondary for a couple reasons, it seems like. One is because they love high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, and two is they generally love their content. Were you like that, or was uh, where would you th- be on, in the spectrum there? Where would you be? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I think I've changed. I think, for me, it's not content anymore. It's what really makes my day, what really motivates me are the students. And I can go to all different kinds of places right now to elaborate, uh, but I think that's what energizes me. That's what keeps me going. It's not, okay, I've got to go teach supply and demand. It's, all right, here's my crew for second period. <laughs> this is what it's going to be like. It's going to be fun, crazy, or sleepy, or yeah. you know, whatever it is. It's just the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be supply and demand, or it could be literature, or it could be math. And I don't know if it's content. I think it's just the kids. If I change gears just a little bit, let's, so let's talk about teaching style. So obviously, just from our conversation, you're very relational. Mm-hmm. and that individual students matter. But stylistically, how would you kind of explain what you do in the classroom? I try to give them real-world problems to solve, and that's new. And by new, I mean past few years. Huh. I started this problem-based learning project, and I got it from Buck Institute for Education. Uh-huh. Um, luckily, they had a wealth of programs for government and economics, and that changed everything I think for me really yeah yeah originally you know I started teaching when I was 22 years old and I taught how I was taught right I think I think a lot of us do right right like you know here they got some notes history notes for you listen write every word down and go memorize it I'm gonna give you a test Mm -hmm. later and now it's it's not perfect but it's more hands-on critical thinking, problem-solving type of problems where they're either government-related or economic-related or maybe a little of both. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's not just, again, we're going back to it's not just content. It's it's those soft skills. Like, how am I going to work with you across the table on this problem to solve um, when we may disagree? Hmm. I think it's important. Yeah. Um, and then how are we going to present this together? How are we going to present our solution? What is the right answer? Yeah. And they realize quickly that, well, we have to compromise, and there may not be one right answer. You know, when we evaluate teachers, used to be we would look at teachers and saw what they did, and then, but then we realized, eh, it doesn't really matter. It's really what students get 
and mm-hmm. how they respond to the teacher. Um, so I would ask you the same thing. We've been talking about how your style has changed over the last couple of years. Talk to me about how your students have responded to this change. It's mixed, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on the student. It depends on the time. It depends when. Um, but the mixture is students, some students want to be told what to know, and then the other half enjoy the process of trying to figure things out on their own to a certain extent, kind of self-discovery. Right. So it's a mixture. And then these students might, these same students who may love solving the problem today, in a couple of weeks, they might get tired of it and vice versa. So, yeah. And they just want a vocabulary quiz. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I you know I realize that. And so I try to do both or as much as I can yeah. throughout the year because I can relate. Yeah. There are days where just, just tell me yeah. <laughs> what I need to do. And then there are days where I just, hey, leave me alone. Let me, let me figure this out. Right. Let me think about it. Let me figure it out. Yeah. That's real life, isn't it? Because I think so. I remember, I mean, I still deal with uh, people that I consider mentors of mine and I'll go and talk to them and I'll say, hey, help me through this problem. And they'll start asking me a bunch of questions, and I'll look at them, and I'll say, ah, can we just stop this? Just tell me what you would do. That's all I really want. Just tell me what you right, would do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's good stuff. Um, I, I was getting my next question was going to be, you know, what do you love most about teaching? But I think you've already answered that. It's uh, your students and individual um, situations mm-hmm. and relationships with people and going deeper and thinking yeah. about well, here I am. I'm answering the question that I'm answering for you. But here, you can. I'll hand it off to you, and you can finish that. Which part? I, m- I missed it. Just, just what you love most about teaching. Oh, okay. Because when you started saying that, I started thinking about the other question that you asked about um, secondary students, yeah, high school students. And I was thinking this morning, it's like, how is it? I was walking out the door with my four-year-old. How is it that I can get ninety teenagers? to do almost all the things that I asked them to do in the classroom, but I can't get my four-year-old out the door on time so I can be here <laughs> early enough to meet you. That's a universal that, question right there. It's like one four-year-old, I can't get her out the door. Um, see, I lost, I'm, 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 not, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, what you love most about teaching? It's, it's never a dull day. Hmm. It's never a dull day. It's... Yeah. You know, I, you know, these the kids, the kids hmm. keep you moving, keep you thinking. That's it. It's it's the people, huh. I think is what it is. And I realize that. I, You know, I spent a lot of years teaching at-risk, disadvantaged students. And I thought coming to Mountain Brook, I'd be able to work more on the content, mm-hmm. my skills as a teacher, of content, and I think I think that's that's not what happened at all. Hmm. I, I I did I worked on content a lot and I got bogged down in it, but slowly I started realizing it really isn't that it, it's it's still the kids because it doesn't matter how much I know if I don't have a good relationship with you you're not gonna give me your best you're not gonna listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's about. Huh. 
I, I was thinking content is not king. Right. Relationships rule. Hmm. <laughs> I can use that as a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna type that up. Okay. That's gonna be your present for being on our podcast. We're gonna <laughs> put it in a frame. Put Perfect. it in your room. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a Mountain Brook question, um, since it's a Mountain Brook podcast. Sure. So, so talk to me about just your experience with Mountain Brook school system, and uh, has it helped you grow professionally and personally? Or um, the first thing that comes to mind is, and I tell everybody this, that I have never been treated more like a professional. This place blew my mind. Since day one, before anyone like knew me at Mountain Brook, you treated me like a professional, and that goes so far. So why is that important? I mean, for you know, when people think of teachers, they think they go into a classroom, they have twenty-five kids, yeah. thirty kids. You sit down, you open the book, and you talk about what the content is. Well, it makes me feel like you trust me. Hmm. If you treat me like a professional, I feel like you trust me. And that can do a bunch of things. For me, what it does, it allows me to take risks. And if it wasn't for that kind of environment, if I didn't feel like that, then would my teaching cha- uh, style have ever changed? Does that make sense? Yeah. Would I have taken the risk of going to spending an entire summer at the house completely recreating my lesson plans? I, I think I spent from late May to August. Actually, it's, that's not true. I'm still trying to fix it as I go. But I spent an entire summer, I think it was the summer of before, right before the 2014 year, mm-hmm. redoing everything to problem-based. Wow. And if I don't think I would have jumped into that if yeah. I didn't have that feeling from you. And not just you personally. I just mean the entire community. Right. I think we'll stop there just so it'll be one of those things where – Hopefully, we'll leave people wanting more. You've been a real blessing to the people of Mount Brook, the way that you've treated your students. Um, the people that you work with speak so highly of you, and there's not a, been a day where your name has come up that people haven't said, okay, we are so fortunate to have him, or parents saying, you know, he really poured into my student. And so, yeah, that's good to hear every once in a while. And so uh, I just want to say thank you for what you've done for each and every student that you've taught. But not only that, congratulations on being the Mountain Brook School's Secondary Teacher of the Year. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really honored, really. And um, I think I'm the fortunate one. So wow. I guess we're coming back to giving back, right? Yeah, and changing the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you, Dr. Barlow. Yeah, thanks for your time here, and uh, that's a great way to end it. So um, hope supply and demand goes well today, and we will uh, hopefully have you back and talk about your, your journey from Israel to Mountain Brook, Alabama at some point. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.